So the next question is about sex. Uh-oh. Oh, boy. I guess my question is, are we still on the same page about monogamy in general? Like, of the general public or for us? Hi, I'm Halise, a digital storyteller and video producer. And I'm Mr. Halise, and I made tea. Yeah. And this is a Stumblewell podcast, a couple that you know, talking about relationships and marriage and, and all that kind of stuff. Roll the music. So before we get too deep into this potentially juicy, probably not, podcast topic, I wanted to touch base with y'all really quick about these Biden bucks that are potentially coming up for us with student loans. Can we say an amen around that? So yeah, for those of y'all who don't know, I feel like everybody knows because as soon as it was announced, I think the internet freaked out. I mean, I know for us millennials, I think most millennials were like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Most people with debt, student which, debt. Which is a lot of us. Anyway, um, as we all potentially hopefully know, the Biden administration is going to potentially forgive if you had Pell Grants up to $20,000 potentially of your student loans. Can we talk about this for a minute? If y'all know us, then you know we are currently trying to pay down student loans, um, getting bogged down in the weeds and the minutia, if you will. We actually did a podcast episode on it. I will put that episode in the show notes where we get really deep into like the psychological struggles of student loans. Sure. If the student loans were worth it for us in the long term, our conflicting feelings about that. It was an interesting episode, I felt. I think it's really interesting. I'm excited. I'm just making sure that y'all know that applications will probably be opening up in early October. So keep a lookout for that. Make sure you know you got your feeds kind of just keeping a lookout, okay? get Be ready so you ain't got to get ready kind of thing because a rising tide raises all ships. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I'm trying to get these Biden bucks. I want y'all to get these Biden bucks. Let's get these Biden bucks. So, Yeah. Many people will not have to submit or may not have to submit additional uh, financial information because the government already has it on file, may or may not have it on file. All that to be said, always cross your T's, dot your I's when it comes to student loan payments, yeah. making sure that your service provider knows they are probably going to be your best access point for information as well as studentloan.gov. The average student loan debt is around $25,000 for people who do have student loans. And so the fact that this is potentially wiping out almost half of it, anywhere from 10K to 20K, that's like a big deal. That's the difference in someone potentially wanting to buy a home or need a new car, stimulate the economy, all that kind of stuff. So I'm into it. Dot your I's, cross your T's, like Chris said. Make sure you're ready for when these applications open so you can get in where you fit in. And with that, let's get into these possibly juicy, definitely not questions. The article that this episode is based on is titled, Are We Still Monogamous? Question mark. Clickbait title. And six other questions to ask your partner. At the tail end of the pandemic, relationships, interactions among human beings is uh, tricky. It's tricky now. Why is it tricky now? Uh, well, I guess it's always been tricky, but it's trickier now that we were coming out of, you know, lockdown, quarantine, starting to reintegrate into offices. Mm -hmm. Last summer, we were supposed to have, I guess a lot of Gen Zers were supposed to have like a hot girl summer. There was going to be more interaction amongst people, potentially more 
chances for, you know, physical interaction, physical touching. And then there was a COVID spike. Uh, so people didn't really get that. So now everyone's just kind of wary about like, uh, is it happening? Is it not happening? More or less, we've come back to normal, but severe isolation coming back into the world, there's going to be a little bit of growing pains. Sure. Okay. I get that. For an article in the New York Times, a reporter uh, cued several relationship counselors, sex therapists, couples therapists about what are some questions that people should continuously ask themselves throughout the course of the relationship as a litmus test to see, are we are we still good? Are we still communicating? Are we still providing mm. the things that we need for each other? They've boiled it down to about seven questions. I think they're useful. I think they're interesting. Um, I think we would benefit from it. Okay. And I think other people could incorporate it into their relationships as well, their relationship dialogues. Okay. Um, I will include the link to this article if you have access to the New York Times in the show notes. I'm scared. I mentioned a couple to you already. Did you? Yeah. I don't remember. I'm Yay. so nervous. <laughs> Question one. <laughs> you ready? I'm ready. It's happening. <laughs> All right. Uh, what do we like to do together for fun? It's super benign. You want me to answer? Are we trying to see if our answers match? Um, no, that's making it competitive <laughs> and thereby creating more of a rift okay. or the potential for a rift in the relationship. It's just a dialogue <laughs> oh. of what do we like to do together for fun? If there is a difference in the answer to that question, I mm -hmm. feel like then you open up the dialogue and say, okay, so we'll compromise or maybe we'll do what I want and then do what you want later. Okay. I'm all right. Wow. This I was just not, don't know. This was not a game. Don't, you don't need a game of <laughs> I don't know. Like who wins? Ah. <laughs> and the, the thought process behind this particular question is people become less satisfied with each other because maybe they feel like they no longer bring a sense of joy or uh, passion in the relationship. Oh. And so does that stem from the individuals or does that stem from a sense that, oh, we never get to do fun things anymore? Yeah, got it's it. Like, All right. So the question is, what do we do for fun? What do we like to do together for fun? What do we like to do together? Yes. For fun. Hmm. I mean, we watch shows together. I was going to say that. We watch TV shows together and then we discuss them. What's the thing that we do whenever we go to a different, or we try to do whenever we go to a different city? Oh, we try to check out the art of that city. So museums. yeah, we like going to museums together. I don't know if we, I don't, so what was the question? Who? I'm getting semantic, semantic-y. What do we like to do together for fun? Because I know, like, I think we, I like to travel for fun and I bring you with me. <laughs> But I don't know if you like that. But I think you can tell that I like that. And so you do it with me. Yeah. With gusto as much as you can, you know? Yeah. I mean, I don't go kicking and screaming. It's not. Nah, nah, I don't nah, necessarily nah. have that, that drive. Yeah. You don't have that like drive. As often as you do, I think. Yeah. Yeah. What else? I think the other thing is in the dating stages of the relationship, it's a lot more exciting there's a lot more planning about oh we're gonna go do this and that and this and that together and then over the course of the relationship maybe even after marriage as you've mentioned in a previous episode the dynamic changes it's more about maintaining not as much about thrill seeking yeah and so it's also a question to use potentially at the end of a week whatever time period you like maybe a month 
to take stock. Okay, so how many times have we gone out and done something fun together? Yeah. Hmm. Go, we went grocery shopping, saved like $5, got that coupon. That was fun. Yeah. We also like to try restaurants together. That we do. I enjoy eating and drinking. Yeah. I feel like that's the thing I do more for you. No, I like it too. (laughs) Say it's for me and then do it for you. That's fine. I'm I'm good with that. It's for both of us. I like eating out too. Um, We don't do movies as much as we did. In the beginning, we used to go to the the movies a lot when we were dating. But that was kind of the only thing to do within the confines of our budget (laughs) at that time. And the zoo. (laughs) We did the zoo once. Once. Got our fill. Hey everyone, thank you so much for listening slash watching this episode of the Stumblewell Podcast. If you're new here, thanks for stopping by. We hope this episode brings you some sort of joy, questions some things, if you will, in your relationships. And if you want to, you can rate us wherever you're listening slash watching. If it's on YouTube, give us a like. If it's wherever you're listening, five stars is preferred, but we appreciate any and all ratings constructive criticism is just what we ask in return if you're watching on youtube subscribe to this channel so that way you can keep seeing whatever pops up on the channel (laughs) frankly because it's a channel it's a smorgasbord of good times on the channel but yeah subscribe if you haven't and then finally if you want to take it a step further join the patreon patreon.com slash halise there you get early access to these videos these podcast episodes as well as exclusive content that is only for the patrons i have been revamping the patreon we have merch now on the patreon yeah you don't even know about that do you know about that my mind is uh... yeah so there's merch now on the patreon exclusive to the patreon merch um you witty. Oh, you get access to my Skillshare classes for free through the Patreon. It's quite the bargain. Yeah. You also get potential one-on-one time with me, 30 minutes through the Patreon. Her time is valuable. I know <laughs> she's stingy with it. <laughs> anyway. So yeah, I've revamped the Patreon to include a lot more perks um, that I just feel align more with the company and who I am as a person. So yeah. And hopefully with you. And hopefully with you as well. So patreon.com slash Elise. Check it out. We have some new patrons actually. Kay Ramirez, thank you so much for joining the Patreon community. Happy to have you as our Patreon producer. Also, Nicolette Smith-Taylor, thank you so much for joining the Patreon community and becoming a Patreon producer. I appreciate you. And Stephanie Kelly, thank you so much for adjusting your membership actually. I see you adjusted here for it um thank you so much to our new patrons and with that back to the podcast on to two. <laughs> oh, i think it's titled who takes out the garbage now now but it's about the um the divvying up of domestic work oh oh lord okay the reasoning behind this question is that during the pandemic in heterosexual couples in what was studied um, domestic tasks became more gendered. Oh, yeah. I remember when this... I think we actually did a episode about this as well. Like, she broke up with me because I didn't do the dishes or something like oh, that. Oh, yeah. And I was like, yeah, she did, <laughs> you know? But that wasn't... <laughs> yeah, she did. And it can become a major pain point, as we've discussed in previous podcasts. Yeah. If you feel like someone's not carrying the load... Yeah. ...or their share, mm-hmm. then a resentment. resentment. Yeah, resentment can take hold... Can sprout. Yeah. So who takes out the trash now? Who does it? Well, 
We have to pay for valet trash. Yeah, we're we're at one of those complexes where they force you to pay for stuff that you would not use. Like if it was optional to take something off. Yeah, we live like twenty the feet away from the garbage chute. Like yeah. Anyway. I can walk it, save that twenty five bucks. For sure. But anywho. <laughs> uh I mean I I still to revisit that topic, I sure. feel like we've hit a good balance. I mean I I cook dinner or prepare dinner most nights, you still handle a lot of the laundry, but if you're busy or, God forbid, we're out of clothing, right? I will not hesitate to start or finish the laundry. Just things in general, I'll help you pick things up, vacuum, dishes. Yeah, help a little bit with the car maintenance and stuff as well. Car maintenance. I don't even think about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't factor that it's in. It's just the reminder. I don't factor that into what I would consider like, do you take out the trash or not? But I appreciate oh, Okay. I should. I mean, I should, <laughs> but do I you, don't. Do you feel like it's balanced? Do I feel? I mean, I, I feel like it's more balanced than before. You had the same tone before. Did I, I thought, really? Dang. Oh, no. I thought it was balanced and it's not balanced yet. I don't, so it's hard to quantify because like cooking dinner is such a big task, I feel. Your words, not mine. For me, it's a big task unless I'm really into it or I want to try something new or I just want to serve you, you know, like something like that. Um, Like my heart's just not into it. And so, yeah, doing that consistently every day or for long periods of time, just like really would drain me mentally it's just like I really don't care but I generally enjoy resetting the kitchen after you cook a meal for the most part sometimes it which does which I don't right sometimes it does get a little uh like repetitive or redundant you know what I mean but I'm doing dishes all the time that's kind of like the thing is I just do a lot of dishes and vacuuming I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I think you you definitely help. I'm pulling weight. Oh, yeah. Am I pulling the majority of the weight? No. Am I pulling my fair share? I would say so, and I would be open to discussions in a healthy relationship <laughs> <laughs> about using using neutral language. Yeah. Uh, about taking on more if I need to. I just, it's not that I don't think you're not taking on more. I think it's more, how do you actually quantify when it's balanced? I just don't know what that looks like. You know what I mean? So it's like, does doing the cooking equal three dishwashers? I, like, I just don't, you know what I mean? Oh, you're, you're trying to That's why make I'm like, numbers is it balanced? I don't know. Yeah. Do you feel like you do too much or too little? It just needs to be qualitative. I, I think making it quantitative is... I don't know if it's it's a question that can be answered that way. Yeah. I think it just depends on the week. I feel like some weeks I feel like you're like way more into it and you're super on top of it. Mm-hmm. And then there's some weeks where it's like you're focusing on other things. I seem to have the mental capacity to do it. So I do. I think it's relatively balanced, <laughs> open to discussions. Well, because you're, you're just very just middle of the road with it. Like you're taking a crisp perspective or stance on it. And Am I'm like, I? no, 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 no. It's either a yes or no. <laughs> it's not a, I don't know. It's like, all right, well, I'm going to proceed assuming it's a yes <laughs> until you make a case for otherwise. Uh, it's also hard. Cause like, it depends on my mood, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and I know it's like not rational, 
So like, for example, this week, I'm on my cycle this week. So everything's a little annoying. You know what I mean? Things that would not usually bother me, or if they would bother me, it would only be minute, are just slightly more amplified now, this week. So you're asking me this question. I'm like, I cannot trust my feelings on that answer okay. this week. <laughs> you, you looked at me during that. I don't know if I was, I'm pretty, pretty sure it was just me interpreting it, but you had like a loaded gaze <laughs> and I just got like the full blast of it. We'll play it in the replay. So the next question is about sex. Uh-oh. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, and the lead or proposed question is, what is one thing we like about our sex life? Oh. So the polled counselors said that it's easy to go negative. Well, first of all, it's easy to not talk about sex. It's easy to yeah. just go into it. Sure. I know between you and I, mm. it's just easy to just either not get wrapped up in the routine, but to just progress until sort of jumping off of the last question, just rolling with it until one of us decides, oh, well, maybe it would be nice to do this or are we yeah, doing yeah. it, you know, quite enough or et cetera. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's easy to get negative in most things, but in sex life as or specifically um, it's easy to focus on the deficits. So it's, mm. we're not doing it as much or you always do this thing with my ear that I don't like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As opposed to, I like it more when you do... Yeah, like framing. Right. When they said like, oh, I like it when you go left or I hate it when you go left. Sure, and sure, sure. The the framing of the question or the framing of the statement should be, I love it when you go right. Yeah. Um. Because as as in management, when you're talking to peers who you are over, um, you can't just go negative all the time. You have yeah. to tell them, give them a, a sandwich. sandwich. Yeah, positive sandwich. Positive sandwich. So it's like one positive comment, then room for improvement, and then one more positive comment. And so the question is, what now? What is one thing? See, what are some positive things? That's about see, that's because you the said one life. thing, and I'm like, oh, that's hard. One thing. Okay, cool. I mean. If you if you can't think of one thing, yeah, then we the, got the some problem, problems, right? But I'm saying I gotta whittle it down to one thing, right? So one thing that I like about our sex life, you're a very giving lover. So the struggles that we either have getting going or how much of it, whatever, all of that stuff, all that stuff aside, the deficits aside, you're a very giving lover. So. I like that personally, me. I enjoy that a lot. I mean, in the same way, I mean, in the same vein, you, I am so fixated on that that I don't think of myself mm -hmm. as, as I am wont to do in the relationship in general. Mm -hmm. So I like that you shift focus to me, whereas I'm just fixated on you. And your needs. So actually, that's 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 a nice check. Um, to have attention doled out to me. Oh. Yeah, I I do appreciate that a lot. I oh, love okay. it. I would I would go so far as to say I love it. Oh yeah. Yeah. Takes two to tango. That's all I'm saying. If we're doing one thing, then I think that's my one thing. I think it's it's easy to just drown in the negative and the positive. 
So if there's too many things that you're thankful for, it's it's just it's too big of a of a shotgun blast sure, to okay. focus on the one thing. So if those are two things that we enjoy about each other, then we need to just sink into that. Talk more about oh, okay, so you enjoy that I'm very giving. I enjoy that you reciprocate, and that's the one thing that we can get out of this one conversation out of it. Okay, is that we like how reciprocating we are about it. It's like, okay, that's great. And then we can move on from there. Okay. I like when, you know, there's more forklins. It's like, all right, well, <laughs> that's for next time. That's for next time. Please save all further comments for... Uh, upon further review. Yeah, for six months from now when we forget to do this again. <laughs> Number four, how have we helped each other through the hard times? Ooh, I don't think we've ever forgotten that for each other. No. Except for that one scary time in 2018 or 2019? 2019. Yeah. Um, when we were spread a little too thin. Yeah. I mean, I feel like how have we helped each other through the hard times? I mean, you're just a very... You've, you're just really good at... no. I think and possibly it's because we've been together so long at this point. We st- hey, we just uh, celebrated our 11 year anniversary. By whoop, the way, whoop. hey, people still whoop. I don't know. Anyway, Hooray. 11 years, Rick and Morty. 11 years. Um. Anyway, I think the thing that I love about you and how you help me through hard times is that sometimes you'll know that I need something before I even realize that I need it. So like, I'll be so deep into work or getting into things, and then some friends will want to come over, but I won't really be that interested in wanting them to because I feel so overwhelmed with work. Mm-hmm. But then you kind of force it to happen in a way. And I'm kind Just of... Just ups- gently coax it along. Yeah, and I'm kind of like upset in the process, but then it happens and I'm like, oh, this was what I needed. This was quite nice. And so, yeah, I feel like through hard times, at least that I've had on my end alone, you've kind of learned, known how to just help me through it in my own way especially like death is more like the hard times that I think of that you have had to help me through that I guess like weren't necessarily tied to both of us was death and family and having to shoulder that or figure that out what that was you know yeah I mean in most instances of hardship you're so strong and you just you wait to process until you feel like the time is right yeah sure a lot of times there's not really a whole lot for me to do. It's just to be ready emotionally for whenever that time is to have the conversations, to provide consoling condolences, whatever I need or whatever's needed. That's how I've interpreted my role during emotional times of hardship. Um, I feel like extending that to how do we handle trauma or hardship Mm. together as a unit we both know our roles so you're very steadfast and strong where i can just kind of get a little scatterbrained sometime (laughs) um sometimes and you can think things through again it's it's that yin yang balance that we have so you can be fixed or focused and strong resolute at times while i'm kind of floundering and then vice versa yeah um, that happens a lot. And yeah. we both just do, thank God we have the availability at the given time 
to take up more. Yeah, it's very rare that we're both floundering at the same time. So a lot of 2019. Except when it happened in 2019, and then we almost got a divorce. So, like, you know, it works out. But that was also, to jump off the question, you knew that we needed to debrief after the shambles Mm -hmm. and that there was going to be a rebuilding period. I, not that I just didn't believe you, but I wasn't so sure. I just didn't know. Mm. And so there was a rebuilding period, and we just needed to focus on ourselves figure each other out again but we didn't have enough physical space during the shambles we also didn't have enough physical space in that recovering apartment that first apartment after the shambles yeah to i don't know just just exist yeah to discover who we were apart from each other to discover who we were together too much too much oxygen not enough space just snuffs out the flame regardless Hmm, that's a good way to put that yeah um Knowing knowing that and reflecting on that, I feel like for the most part we we are balanced. Especially now, I have the capacity for almost all things. Yeah, you have way more capacity in general. What was the question? Uh, how have we helped each other through hard times? I feel like I rely on you a lot. Just saying that out loud. I feel like I rely on you a lot. And maybe it's probably in ways that I don't verbalize it'd be hard to like verbalize all the ways that i know that i rely on you yeah because you say that and you've said it before and i don't it's not that i don't see it but it's hard for me to wrap my head around yeah and i think that goes back to codependency that we've talked about in a previous episode Mm -hmm. does it come back to that um i think maybe i don't know it's more just like there's a lot of actions that I think you do that you don't really realize are um, like just helpful for me mm. in general. Like throughout the day, especially now that you work from or we both work in the same space generally now, like you come up and hug me a lot. And there's like some scientific survey that was like, oh, the average human needs to be hugged like eight times a day. It was some was stupid it eight number. I it was four. No, it was higher. It was clo- I remember being like, whoa, that's like closer to 10. That's crazy. Um, <laughs> and 10 is almost 40. Right. It's, it's too like, many. So basically, you get hugged like every minute. I'm every being day. smothered. Yeah. Um, but I remember reading that, whatever the statistic was, and thinking, oh, no wonder I'm like, okay. <laughs> I get hugged a lot. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like just little stuff like that um, that I think on the exterior, you wouldn't think matter that much but like over a period of time of years it adds up to really balancing somebody out I'm all about that I love to be the ballast not in a negative way but just the thing that kind of evens the boat yeah you are very like that and I'm more like (laughs) we a little bit (laughs) we yeah (laughs) even though on the way up, it's a wee, but on the way down, it's, like, ah! it's, it's, a, it's a scream. It turns into a, and then back up, a shriek. Yeah. yeah. It's like, oh, it's coming up again. <laughs> uh, five is a good question to ask each other. I don't Uh-oh. think we need it. Yeah. Personally. Sure. Don't prove me wrong, please. <laughs> That'd be so rude for this podcast. Are we still on the same page about monogamy? 
Could you imagine? That's a podcast episode after the divorce. Right? No. That's a podcast episode that leads up to a divorce, I think. Oh, sure. If you get an unexpected answer. Yeah. Which, I don't, are we are we still on the same page about monogamy? I mean, I think so. I'm on team monogamy? Yeah. Okay. I'm on team monogamy. I guess my question is, are we still on the same page about monogamy in general? Like, of the general public or for us? Just for us. <laughs> okay. Or I initially thought it was weird to be in open relationships in whatever spectrum that is. Sure. It's not hurting me. If it's not hurting anybody else, I'm I'm okay with it. I under- it's not my life to live. Right, sure. Not my life to live either. But I think I, I understand where that mindset comes from. And I understand why it's a thing. That's what I'm saying. So that's why it's like, are we on the same page like about monogamy as a construct? Or like... <laughs> First off, they use terms like monogamy agreements. Oh. So like it's... That's a smart it's way a, to say it's that. It's a thing that can change. Yeah. Which it is, I, I suppose. I mean, um, sure. I think we're still we're still monogamous, right? Right. Okay. Um, cool. Cool. I'm just making that sure that wasn't why I was furrowing, furrowing my brow, but I'm just making sure we're still. The I'd like to know. <laughs> the counselors encourage clients to just discuss details of what forms, what forms of attachment, they find acceptable outside the main relationship. Okay. And asking whether they have changed. Yeah. And you need to be specific. Sure. How fascinating. Yeah. Oh, oh, actually, this this makes sense. So let's say you agreed to sexual fidelity, meaning that you were just going to be together. It's just the two of you. Okay. But what if one of you wants otherwise? Sure. And you want it so badly and you just know that you assume that the partner is going to shut it down mm-hmm. and you just go out and get it. Sure. And so now you're, you've committed infidelity. Committed infidelity. Then but it's com- right, and but now you've harmed your partner. Yeah, where it's like you could have actually just had a conversation, potentially, like you were writing it off before even going through the like communicating effectively on right. where you're both at, right? And that's then, a hard conversation to have. Like, imagine me coming up to you and being like, "I have a friend that I want to be more than friends with." but like, I still want to be with you. I just don't, under- how does that conversation go? I was so you know I mean? <laughs> cut and dry about this in the past where I said, if you wanted to be polygamous or any any other vari- variation than what we have now, mm-hmm. it's it's over. Yeah, yeah, I remember I, these conversations. I can't share you with anybody else. Sure, like, sure, sure. I'm, I'm too jealous. And In the article, they also mention, so what are your feelings about online conversations or flirting with a friend or having lunch ah, with an ex? Yeah, yeah, sure. All sure. of these things are tricky, but I feel like we both know uh, the answers to these situations or scenarios. And mm. I feel like if there's any doubt, we just bring it up. Like, hey, so I was going to have We do tend to be like... With, not even like an ex, but I have... Like, it's a there's a female friend or I don't know. I don't have female friends, but... Yeah, you don't. That's where I'm at. I don't even remember <laughs> what the question was. Are we still on the same page about monogamy? Oh, yeah, we are. But flirting with a friend and having lunch with an ex, you know what the line is. I think you do. I think everybody. You know what the line is. But maybe people don't. No, it's it's wishful thinking. You are not that, I'm trying not to be negative, I'm trying not to be punitive, but you are not that dense where you are not taking your your partner's feelings into consideration. If that is the case, none of these questions are going to help you. (laughs) (laughs) There is 
you need scaffolding, you need duct tape, you need way more work than these seven questions. These seven questions are meant for maintenance. <laughs> they are not meant for emergency work. So that type of thing is like, bruh. I feel like see you on marriage four, I guess. I suppose. I think I mean I think if my always my question too is like if you're dancing the line in that kind of way, then it's obvious actually I think it's the opposite. Then it's like, okay, so obviously some aspect aspect of your relationship is not being met. You know? Sure. And so it's more about are you self aware enough to see that some aspect of your relationship is not being met? Because I like to my point, I think I have been in conversations with friends and things like that where like the conversation has gone to a certain point and I was like, oh, that's interesting. I'm stopping this conversation. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's male friends or whatever. And it's like, OK, I'm stopping this conversation. Or I usually end up saying something that brings you back into the conversation of like, oh, yeah, well, Chris and I do that a lot. Or, yeah, you know. Chris is amazing at the, like I bring it back to like I don't know where you're going but just a reminder I'm very happy <laughs> you know <laughs> but I mean if you're not very happy I can see how then you can trickle into something because you're searching like yeah, you're searching to find to get that need met right. somehow and it puts you in a sticky situation honey trap nice little honey trap womp womp because attention, look, I'm not going to lie. Attention is nice. Yeah, no. And I think. Objectively. People forget that until they haven't had it for a while and then they get it from, they get a hit of it, you know, quick hit somewhere else in a flirtatious friend or in a text message chain that goes too far or in whatever the thing is, you know. And we all have phones now. Like, that's the other thing. I feel like in the past, before the internet really got going, it was hard to, well, not hard, not impossible, but it, I think it took more effort to seek attention. It took more effort to seek attention that you potentially were missing. Mm. I think it, it took more of a concerted effort that I think became potentially a bit more obvious. Like if you're a man in a marriage and you're going out and drinking at a bar consistently all the time by yourself within like, it's like, all right, what's going on? You know what I'm saying? It's very easy. Whereas now it's like, Oh, I'm actually with you. I'm on the couch, but I'm texting somebody. Right. But you're then you're technically not present. Yeah, you're not present. Physically there, but not present. Yeah. But it's way easier at your fingertips now, I think, to get the attention hit from something else. My two cents. Um, so what is something that is worrying you that you haven't told me about yet? And I, I thought that was a good Remember when I brought this up initially? That's a good springboard into most of the of the podcast, maybe from going forward. Yeah. Maybe cycling through some of these. Hmm. Not the monogamy question, because nah, I don't need that one. Too no. much. Um what is something that's worrying me that I haven't told you about yet? That's actually a really hard question for me to answer because when things are worrying me, as you know, I tell you pretty quickly. <laughs> Cause it's like it needs to leave my mind. So it can either be confirmed that I'm being ridiculous by someone who I consider to be very sane Mm. or confirmed that I'm not being ridiculous. And there is something to what I'm thinking by someone who's very who I consider to be very sane. So it's really hard for me to think of something that I am worrying about that. Even if I haven't like 
I might have thrown it out to you as like a hypothetical and haven't even truly told you like what is all the way wearing me, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you go if you have something, go for it. I'm a thing. I can see how that would be a good question. And it no, is. It's a good question, but it's more like knowing like, oh, well, we, maybe we haven't talked as much over the last couple of days or the last week. Yeah. And something's been really bothering me, but maybe our communication isn't that great. Yeah. So we're just not talking about it. Mm-hmm. I think that's more easy than you and I did today, almost doing a debrief yeah. over dinner, making dinner, yeah. over drinks. I don't think you need to come up, not just now, but like in this question when it comes up. Mm-hmm. I don't think you need to have an answer. Oh, okay. It just needs to be, oh, there is something that is really bothering me and it's this I'm like holy crap that's a really big thing we should address that uh, oh okay so the <laughs> stupid for me the vision insurance yeah i want to get something with added benefits so that we could see a certain provider sure and not the previous providers which i hated yeah sure um yeah that's that's been bothering me i've been kind of working on it off and on for the past two weeks missed the deadline kind of figure it out at some point yeah My vocabulary is terrible, so I'm trying to build it. I bought a writer's thesaurus. I'm worried about my career a little bit, actually. Woo, that was a haymaker. <laughs> I wasn't expecting. <laughs> I am. I'm worried about my career. Um, That's been a thing. I'm aware of it. Okay, there um, you go. The full extent of it, not not so much. Yeah. But I'm, I've been aware of it over the last couple months. Yeah, I just don't know. I'm just very goal oriented and I don't think I'm not worried about my career in that like, oh my god, what am like I'm not worried about my career in regards to like um finances or anything like that. Cool. But I am at least not right now. But I am worried about just like is this where I'm supposed to stay or should I try to go more? What does more even look like? Um, and I think that's just more just coming out of the residency. I just like, I don't, I don't feel like I technically achieved my goal of what the residency, what I applied for. I've been meditating on it for a while. I think for me, it's more about, I actually do want to get back into YouTube more. I think I'm beginning to take the necessary steps to be more thoughtful with the content. The Patreon's getting revamped right now. I'm also in the process of making sure that the Patreon is focused on what I originally intended it to be for and what the residency was for, too. It's like, I want to continue to make original content, scripted and unscripted. Like, that's the goal of StumbleWell. And I got a taste of that through the residency of yeah, doing the Trying mm-hmm. to Be Somebody podcast, which is going to come back for a season two, and then also the show. And so it's like, okay, I started doing that stuff, but I didn't get far enough to do what the original goal of the residency was for me that I pitched to them. That was in my deck. Right now, coming out of the residency, that is not what the company makes most of its money from. The company makes a good bit of its income from doing the traditional client stuff still, which is not bad, and it's technically original content, but it's not what I set out to have this company transition to. So I'm closer to the goal, but I didn't hit it yet and i'm just trying to figure out what calculated risks have to happen now to continue to push that goal forward i think 
not to be self-serving in my own interests, but I would love if some of my short stories were made into... Yeah, short films and stuff and shows. I still think that would be an amazing thing. Um, I just know that, again, the company isn't in a place to, like, actually make it really good. Mm. I know who the company can partner with to make it really good, you know? But we don't have the multi-million dollar budget that is necessary to make it good. Mm. Anyway, I feel like I'm just, like, in a very interesting space right now professionally that's hard it's it's not bad like i'm not in a bad space i'm just not where i think i want to be you know that's hard man yeah last question yeah how can i help you feel more loved oh that's adorable i feel very loved actually you know it's really fascinating so i watched joyce she's a very traditional she's kind of rebranded her channel on youtube Um, to be, and I think I've told you some of the videos I've watched with her, but she's fully transitioned into being a full-time homemaker, um, and just really following a very Christian theology around homemaking and being a wife and mom. And she's putting out a lot of content around that. Um, and I enjoy watching it, even though most of it, I think like on a social level, I'm not really doing that (laughs) at all. (laughs) But I enjoy watching her content because it's just a different perspective of womanhood and like you define it however you want to, you know, and she feels very fulfilled in it. So I think for me, it's just fascinating to see a woman who's a homemaker who's very fulfilled in that role Mm. because I didn't grow up with that. Um, My mom definitely has aspects of homemakerness to her, but I grew up in a household where my mom worked and like strove, strove to have a career, like a vibrant career, you know. And so I'm, I am that way as well. And I know I wouldn't have much joy in homemaking. But point being is even when I was watching her videos and coming from like the Christian perspective of like what a husband's supposed to bring, I couldn't help but still make like the same parallels of like, oh, like I get what she's saying. Yeah, you want to feel supported by your partner in these specific ways. And for her and the theology that she's focusing on it is financial but for me that is not how I want to feel supported by my partner I want to feel supported by my partner emotionally that's a really big one for me it's not really so much I didn't I didn't seek out a husband to get taken care of Mm -hmm. financially I sought out a husband to have like emotional support in life and I get that with you a lot (laughs) like a lot and it was just kind of funny, like the point of being of watching her videos and like comparing is just like, oh, in some way, like if and I don't know if I'm just like pulling at strings to find like the similarities between her and I, but it is kind of like, oh, in many of these regards, I have a very traditional relationship, <laughs> you know, like in the traditional sense, women get married to get taken care of. And it's like, I feel very taken care of. So it's just a different aspect. It's just in a That's different. Yeah, it's just in a different way. So we had a client shoot earlier mm-hmm. and while we were filming you were like setting up the lights and doing this and I was just like oh my gosh this is so nice like I had a moment while you were setting things up where I was just like this is really nice I feel very supported right now because you're literally supporting me <laughs> you know like helping me with a shoot you know that is support yeah not so, again not financially going back to the how do we quantify this yeah that is something that I've struggled with in terms of 
our relationship and my redefining of my role. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I yeah. Agree. I feel incredibly supported. I think more so now than at any other point in our relationship. Same. So, I mean, you were enabling me to take the time to try to make something of this creative venture, this writing, mm. this writing time. One just makes me feel supported financially. Two makes me feel supported emotionally because you care enough about me and you see something in me that could potentially be more and is worth the time, effort, investment overall to nurture and see what comes of it. I mean, all aspects of the relationship, sexual, emotional, if loved is that, which I'm defining it as, then I am all around loved. Yeah, same. It's just fascinating because I know like older people, like our parents and people like that in general, just like, I think they look at us and are just like, I don't get it, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, if you actually pay attention, it's there. Like everything you are projecting that you think we need to have or that we are lacking, it's there. You're just not paying attention, you know? It's like you're just looking at it from a different way, expecting to see something, and it's there. It's yeah. just not in the way that you expected it to be. Exactly, yeah. In summary, this is fascinating. I I feel like you brought some stuff out of me that I was kind of like, oh, how do I communicate that? I think these are really interesting questions to ask maybe every like six months to a year. I don't know. In relationships? They seem like pretty all around positive things to ask in the relationship. Yeah. But the counter question or point is, do you feel like they're realistic to ask in a time frame where the information is useful? Oh. Where the information is actionable. So mm. do you think that they're realistic questions? And if so, do you think that you'll maybe put them into practice in your own relationships or future relationships? Yeah. I feel like so much about relationships is good communication. And I feel like, these seven questions force you to communicate things that you, whether you're ashamed, embarrassed, scared, whatever the reason is, you just don't want to say them. I think they, they focus your attention on, are we actually communicating well? Yeah. Cause you may think that you are, but maybe, maybe you're not. Maybe there's, there's aspect you'd think it's the status quo and it hasn't been the status quo in a while. Yeah. Which we've had moments like that in our mm-hmm. relationship where it's just like, well, I mean, I think this. And it's like, oh, do you? And then, you know, either one of us is like, oh, shit. <laughs> My world's rocked. Ah, you know. So, yeah. Never too late. Either way, thank you for hanging out with us for this episode of the podcast. Stumble well. Stumble on. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.